Welcome into another episode of Final Whistle. As always, I'm your host, Blaine Spencer. I have some great news today, as this is going to be my first episode that is being released on YouTube. I'm going to be posting that later today. With me today, I have Joe Papandrea as my guest co-host, a.k.a. who I call Joey Paps. Paps, how are we doing today, sir? Doing good, Blaine. Doing good out here on the East Coast. I know you're on the West Coast, so thanks for having me. Uh, different time zone here. We got it's almost it's a five to two um, on my end. So, um, you know, no, a little later just, in the afternoon. Yeah, it's not even. It's, it's a, uh, just about to be eleven here. A little West Coast East Coast vibe to start the day, and we're gonna talk to you a little bit about sports. Recap this past weekend's NFL. Go into some UFC 254 with Khabib Nurmagomedov retiring, as well as holding his belt and then we're going to also touch on game six of the world series the los angeles dodgers have a chance to close out tonight against the tampa bay rays so without further ado welcome into final whistle at blaine spencer and joey pats for this week's episode so let's touch up some nfl pats i know you've been doing a little bit of research this weekend we both have our jerseys on today repping we got the justin herbert jersey for pats i got the old school New Orleans Saints Reggie Bush trying to bring out our youth right now at this moment. <laughs> we got a rookie and a, a big time all time uh, on the other side on the West Coast. Collegiate great. Collegiate great. Still a <laughs> and a soon to be great. Yeah, exactly. And a soon to be great. A soon to be great. He's ascending right now. But we're going to start off with today uh, the Green Bay Packers against the Houston Texans. Uh, Green Bay absolutely demolished Houston this past this past Sunday, 35 to 20. Aaron Rodgers, he he made that Tampa Bay game look like a fluke last week. He went 23 of 34, 283, four touchdowns. Houston was never in the game. It was never really competitive, to be completely honest. Houston got some late touchdowns to try and uh, make the score look more competitive than it really was. Pats, I know you're a, you're a Houston fan yourself. I know it's been a rough year for us. Dive, give me a little analysis from what you've seen from a fan perspective here. Yeah, Blaine, you know, super, super rough year. The Texans fall into one and six in the AFC South, along with the Jaguars also one and six. So bottom of the division, not looking great, um, you know, from a Houston Texan fan standpoint. But, you know, Aaron Rodgers really made it look easy after coming off that bad loss to Tampa Bay. But we both know, and everyone else knows, that Aaron Rodgers was not going to have two back-to-back -back bad weeks. Like you said, he threw for four touchdowns, two of them being to Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams having 13 catches for 196 yards. You know, that, that Houston defense just struggled to even guard that man. That connection really is something special, though. That I don't they, – they have that telepathic energy going on with those back shoulder – Back shoulder throws all day long. Burning that Houston secondary. Houston secondary has been abysmal, however, throughout this this whole year. But they, they I think did not show up. I mean, from I, as from my perspective as an outsider, I mean, at least you guys are at least playing hard now under Cornell. I mean, after the firing Bill O'Brien, you guys are at least showing some competitive fire a little bit. You know what I mean? So – Definitely showing a little more heart, but I know um, 
those veteran guys like J.J. Watt on the team, they're very frustrated. They came out and said it. Um, you know, it could come down to the play calling at the end of the day. But, you know, with um, with Cornell stepping in, it, it's going to be tough. Uh, and we'll see what they do uh, second half of the season. You know, uh, there's really not much to play for. You don't even have a first or second round pick. That, that pick, that top five potential top five pick is going to be a Miami Dolphin top five pick. Uh, and Miami really walking away there. And Miami, with the winning record, is just going to win out of that deal. Bill O'Brien really has screwed you guys over for the next five, at least five years, in my opinion. Hey, do appreciate yes, you guys has. playing hard, though. Will Fuller got me that late yes, touchdown with a minute left to try and save me. So that's always kind of nice, too, saving my, saving my butt there in fantasy football. Yeah. That's your boy from Notre Dame. You got to love it. Got to love him. Oh, my Irish baby. Right there, number four in the country. <laughs> and then gotta you got just Aaron Rodgers. He is a – this is Stephen A. Smith would say he's a bad man. <laughs> he is just out of this world, still redeeming himself, at, as you mentioned, after that Tampa Bay ugly loss. You knew you weren't going to see that again. It does help to play Houston secondary. But let's transition now to the battle of the unbeatens. We had Pittsburgh play Tennessee this past Sunday. Definitely game of the weekend, especially in everybody's minds. You had two 5-0 teams battling it out. It goes down to the very end. Steelers win 27-24. The mystery that is Steven Kostowski at the moment for the Tennessee special teams is on full display. Missed a game-tying field goal to try and force overtime. And in my opinion, Tennessee probably wins that game. They had all the momentum. Roethlisberger was throwing a couple picks late. But you have nothing – you can say nothing more about that Pittsburgh defense. The steel curtain is back defensively. Held Derrick Henry under 100 yards, which is a, a miracle in and itself. And they were absolutely dominant on the defensive side. Tennessee made that late run. Again, if it probably gets into overtime, they win. Steven Kuskowski has been hurting those Titans. Luckily, it finally came up to bite them this past week. Pats, what did you think? I know you were watching that game too. So what do you, what do you have here? Yeah, you know, the, they're struggling uh, on that side of the ball. And Steven Kuskowski not kicking that field goal to send them into overtime, you know, um, with as great as the Titans have been playing, that, that really hurts at – and Big Ben's expression really showed it at the end of the game. And he you even saw it on his face. He said, wow, he really missed that. Um, but Steelers, you know, really got lucky to be still undefeated. Big Ben having a, a huge first half, but absolutely looked, I would say, awful in the second half. Definitely um, out of sorts. Offense, offense wasn't clicking. Uh, and, you know, I think he just tired out his defense. He put the defense back, back on the field more times than they should have been on there. Uh, and the Titans almost uh, were able to close that gap late in the late in the game. But I'd say the Steelers very lucky to still be uh, the only undefeated in the undefeated team in the NFL. Yeah, definitely. As the game transitioned on, you saw how the defense started to finally get pushed around a little bit. Tannehill hit that big play to AJ Brown early in the third, and you started to see the momentum start to swing there. So. Definitely a unique component of how the game was going. 
Kostowski ended up making a field goal from 50 out to force it to a 10-point uh, game, then the Derrick Henry touchdown. And you thought with 10 minutes to go, if Pittsburgh doesn't figure anything out, this game's a wrap in, in Nashville, and the Titans are going to be 6-0. and Everyone's going to be raving about how great this team is. But their defense has been very suspect in and itself, giving up – I believe they were down – they're down 24-7 at the half. You, I know you guys, Houston played them the other week, and they put up almost a 40 spot on them. That defense has been very susceptible if they're not creating turnovers. They're a very turnover-prone defense, a very bend-but-don't-break defense, giving up lots of yards. So that's a definite, definite issue for Mike Vrabel's squad going forward. they got to figure out how to start getting shorter series and not relying so much on the, the turnover. Yeah, you know, uh, Tennessee, the defense is struggling, but I don't think they have anything to worry about, especially in that AFC South. Uh, Colts don't look too great, and the other two teams, uh, Houston, Texas, and Jacksonville Jaguars, I don't see them catching up anytime soon. So I think Titans uh, are sitting pretty at the top of their division, and they're very lucky. Definitely sitting pretty. Still have a great chance to try and get that once you get that potential buy. Pittsburgh's got a brutal game this week against Baltimore. So it'll be a very interesting thing to look at. So next we're going to transition on to our last game of the morning window where the Detroit Lions and the Atlanta Falcons. We just needed to, we just needed to get Atlanta a little press this week because I know they, they're getting pressed for all the wrong reasons and we're going to give them a little bit more for all the wrong reasons. Detroit Blaine, won that I'm going <laughs> to stop you for two seconds. I really think – Atlanta might be worse than the New York Jets. Oh, stop it. Don't give me that. The New York the Jets, Jets, I haven't seen a team that bad since the 0-16 Lions. And I said it on my last episode. I take the the 0-16 Lions over that Jets team at the moment. Dan Orlovsky would love lo me. At Dan Orlovsky 7, he knows. <laughs> the, the Falcons team has had – Tons of leads, giving up late games and giving away games. At least the Jets not having a win, at least compete. Well, <laughs> Atlanta could easily be, have three or four wins already on the year if they learned how to close out a game. What, the, the Cowboys choke, the Bears choke, last week's choke. I think that's three games now. That puts them at what? They're, what's their record? I think they're one, they're one and five, one and six. One and six. You flip that over. Four and three. Easily should be four and three. Easily should be four might, and three. Like I said, might be worse than the Jets. That's up for debate in another time. Oh, don't get me started about the New York Jets. <laughs> I know, but still, uh, if you guys didn't see the game, Atlanta's driving. Chance to – all they needed was a field goal. They're up 16. They're down 16-14. Uh, they got the ball deep in Detroit territory. Todd Gurley goes up the middle. Detroit makes it look like they're going to tackle him. Let's go at the last second when he gets close to the goal line. Gurley cannot stop his momentum. It carries him into the end zone. You know damn well that $500,000, if he gets, scores 13 touchdowns, was playing in his, in his head, that little bonus of half a million dollars. So he falls in, scores, leaves roughly a minute 10 on the clock. And Matt Stafford is always known – in his career as one of as a comeback artist takes them down the field, scores a touchdown with zeros on the clock. 
to a, a wide open TJ Hawkinson, which made absolutely no sense how he got that open. Uh, Matt Prater ends up hitting the game-winning extra point. And I think, I think uh, as I said it, I, we said this in our, uh, in our pre-meeting here, um, we're passing the torch that the Atlanta Falcons outlions the Lions this, this week. The Lions are known for the past five to ten years of finding ways to lose. The Atlanta Falcons have probably done more than that this year than the Atlanta than the Lions did in in this past decade. So absolutely horrible. Pats, I know you wanted to go on a little bit of a rant here, so by all means take it away. Man, I don't even know where to start. Just horrible coaching on the offensive side. All you got to do, get down to maybe the one. And, you know, that, I think that's just a great job by the Detroit Lions, just letting Gurley walk his way in. Um, look like what you said was going to be a tackle, but, you know, I think they just let him go in that full momentum about, what, 2.30 going forward? Yeah. You know, there's no, there's no stopping that, and he just makes the mistake and, and falls in, and uh, he crosses the goal line by the game's over. half an inch. The game was over. He has they, giving the, the kick. The kicker had a 19-year-old, 19-yard field goal if he falls down to win the game. And if that kicker and, you know, misses yeah. that, that kicker does not deserve to that's be in the, the NFL. That's just a bad year. He don't if deserve he to be that. in the NFL. He's fired. He would have been fired, but still, just. Falcons finding ways to lose, just finding right. ways to lose. It's absolutely ridiculous. To get, to give Matthew Stafford, to give Matthew Stafford a veteran quarterback a minute, to, a little over a minute to work with. There's, there's no question that that that's a lock and a game winner, especially you gotta, you gotta against yeah. the struggling Atlanta Falcons. Oh, absolutely. But you have to, the Fal- the Lions had to make a couple. He made a couple of ridiculous throws on that drive just to give him a chance at the end there. That throw to Galladay over the top, in absurd. They both that t- they had to make plays, but as every at this point, the Atlanta Falcons are known. If they're not up four touchdowns, they everyone thinks they're losing that game. It's just how it is. If not, or if they don't have the ball, oh last, for sure, everyone thinks they're losing. It's just how it's gone for them. Right. I, you they have that. I think it's a complete blow up time for them. They got to really consider trading Julio or potentially putting Matt Ryan on the trading block who would definitely bring in some definite, definite interests. So that's definitely they, an area they, that needs to be looked at. They definitely have some work to do, um, you know, and they're, they're sitting at the bottom of that division. Um, and it's all, it's all the three teams in front of them, especially um, with Tom Brady leading the Tampa Bay Bucks, which I know you wanted to get into as well. Yeah, let's transition into Mr. Tom Brady, Mr. 43 himself. Tampa Bay Bucks last two weeks have easily, on, with my own eyes, have looked like the best team in football. Absolutely dismantling the Las Vegas Raiders, a.k.a. they were the Chiefs killers a couple weeks ago, beating them 45-20. to 20. Tom Brady, absolutely electric, 33 of 45, 369 yards, four touchdowns. He was throwing it all over the park. Scotty Miller had a touchdown. Rob Gronkowski had a touchdown. And their defense, they eat. Devin White is a rid- ridiculous linebacker, insane 4-4 speed. 
they easily have probably the most the most talented defense. Todd Bowles has them humming at the moment, and there's just nothing you can say other than, "Hey, Bill, Tom's got you right now at the moment. Get him on the phone. Tom Brady outfoxed you this this time." And I can't, you can't even say it, but they got Antonio Brown coming in next week too. This is going to get more ridiculous for that team. So this is the, this is actually the first time that the Patriots start off two and four, and that never happened with Tom Brady. So, just, Bill, just right there. If just I was right there. if I was Bill Belichick, I'd be getting on the phone. Oh, we're not going to talk about that game much, but having Garoppolo come back in and and he didn't play well, but have his team smack you like that. <laughs> but yeah, Tampa Bay, nothing you can say here than they have they have they're ascending. They have and they basically have a bye this week. They get the Giants. It's not on Monday Night Football. I don't know how Monday Night Football Hot. agreed to have them on TV just because probably only because Tom Brady's playing, but Still, Tom but, Brady will easily throw for another four touchdowns. So you could take the over in that one easily. Major hit on the over. <laughs> Easy. Let's, but, uh, Blaine, I had some notable um, stats here that I wanted to just uh, hit on that, you know, Brady was really spreading spreading the ball across the field using all his weapons. Uh, Scotty Miller, like you had mentioned, um, who he targeted nine times along with Chris Godwin nine times Rob Gronkowski eight times all three like you had mentioned had scored but Mike Evans with two targets two of them being receptions but you know from a fantasy that wasn't even until the fourth quarter either he didn't get exactly fourth quarter yeah you know from a fantasy standpoint I would be worried and as a Mike Evans owner you know the um, and and a Brady owner um you know Brady's gonna be looking to spread the ball and you said uh and Antonio Brown is on his way to Tampa Bay so you can best believe that Brady will be using all weapons the rest of the year. I did, I did find out, though, Chris Godwin is out for the Monday night game. So Mike Evans, start him, Pat. Start him this week. This is definitely a definitely to start him. Not taking him out. This is Yep, he's back. No, definitely. And then we're going to transition to our last game that we're going to be talking about today, which was oh, the only reason Pat really wanted to be on the show, so he could wear that jersey right there. It's Mr. Justin Herbert himself uh, beating the Jacksonville Jaguars 39-29. His first win as a starting quarterback, but you can't even critique him at this point. He's been outstanding. And he's had to play Drew Brees, Tom Brady. It's ridiculous the amount of and, – and Patrick Mahomes. Those, those are his three losses. Like, you can't take him for that. And he's, he's, he's playing as good as they were in those matchups. He's – He's going stride for stride with them, throw for throw. Herbert, nothing short of spectacular again. 27 to 43, 347, three touchdowns. Then he had another touchdown on the ground. He carried he carried the the Chargers this week, and I'm telling you, Miami, you better hope Tua works because this kid, everyone doubted him after his senior year at Oregon. Had him drop from that number one spot to the number three quarterback, and he is <laughs> Anthony Lynn's like this. I got my QB. I got him. I got him. 
Poor Tyrod Taylor, though. Poor Tyrod Taylor. <laughs> but still, they got their quarterback. They got their quarterback. The, the char- Chargers definitely have their quarterback. And, Blaine, I know you had mentioned he had to face off against Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady, and Drew Brees. He has kept those games within one score game. As I just pulled it up, he, the Chiefs, they only lost by three. The Bucks only losing by seven. And the Saints only losing by seven in overtime. And that's in both in the Saints game and the Chiefs game, they both had multiple – they had an opportunity to win. Badgley missed that kick in the Saints game. When his time expired, everyone thought they were going to make – he was going to make that kick. Herbert made that insane throw to Mike Williams to put them in that position. And then on top of that, I mean – he outdueled Patrick Mahomes until Mahomes made that crazy throw in the fourth quarter to, to Hill. And you, you knew that was coming, but still. And then he went toe-for-toe toe with Tom Brady. So there's nothing to see, but the kid's, kid's special. The kid is going to be special. You can just see that. He's going to yep. be a stud for the next five to ten years in that organization. Expect big things and a bright future from that young man. Oh, without a doubt. And Jacksonville, we're not going to talk about Jacksonville. They're in, they should be tanking for Trevor. Minshew is a complete bridge quarterback. I mean, I mean, honestly, like look, just looking at football in general, you have at least probably ten teams. They would if they have the one number one pick, they're taking Trevor Lawrence. So, and it's it's warranted. He's definitely the best quarterback coming out since Andrew Luck. So. All right, I know uh, Pat, usually I do my lock it in segment on Fridays. Uh, Paps, Paps will not, is uh, here on this Tuesday, so he wanted to do a segment called Early Picks of the Week. So, Paps, I'm going to give you a couple games that you said you wanted to give out for the next week. By all means, take it away, and I'll, I'll give a little insight uh, from what you're, what you're looking at. All righty. So, as we go into week eight, um, you know, I had, a, had my eye on a few games. Um, but one that really stood out to me was that Kansas City against uh, the Jets. The Jets are on the road. Jets still winless this year. Um, but, you know, I really think Patrick Mahomes coming off a week with just one passing touchdown, um, you could definitely see Patrick Mahomes being Patrick Mahomes and doing Patrick Mahomes things um, against the Jets. Horrible, absolutely awful defense. So I would lock the Chiefs in covering the spread. I think it opened up. It's uh, 19 and a, a half. 19, 19 and, and a half. half. You think they're going to win uh, by at least three scores? At home, yes. Hey, revenge game and two you, for Le'Veon Bell. Book, I'm telling you right now, book Le'Veon Bell this week. He's scoring a touchdown. They're going to make sure he scores a touchdown against the Jets. I love it. Um, all right, another one. I'm going to take Green Bay. Green Bay is at home uh, against Minnesota. Minnesota, a very streaky team. Um, believe that spread there was only three and a half, but six Aaron Rodgers being Aaron Rodgers. Six and a half. Six and a half. Six and a half. You still like Green Bay there at six and a half? It's high. St- still Minnesota like it. Minnesota is you know. really bad this year. They've already traded everybody away, too. Exactly. You know, and like we had said, that Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adam connection, I don't think anyone will be stopping that as long as both of them do stay healthy. Without a doubt. Another solid pick there. All right, what do you got? You got how many more? You got one or two? We got one more. You know, last. Uh, you know, I'm looking at this. Um, 
this game here, Seattle and San Fran, San Fran on the road against Seattle, you know, Russell Wilson, great week. I know we didn't touch much on that game, but you know, um, Russell Wilson is going to be looking to redeem himself, uh, especially after throwing three interceptions in that game, three, three big touchdowns um, in that game, but those interceptions um, definitely hurt his MVP running and Tom Brady moves up as we, we talked about the notable stats there um, for Tom Brady, but I would be going with Seattle at home against also a very streaky San Francisco team. Big win against New England, but still a very streaky and unhealthy San Francisco 49er team. I agree there. San Francisco is trying to figure out still who they are. I mean, the NFC West, though, they could – I think all four teams have a great shot of potentially making the playoffs. They might have all four get in with that extra playoff spot going into effect this year. Um, so that's definitely something to look at in that regard. Um, so it is Tuesday, so usually I do give my Thursday night football pick. I think Paps does have a – wants to give his Thursday night football pick as well. I'm going to give you a couple things to look for. So this weekend, this Thursday night football, we have the Atlanta Falcons, our Atlanta Falcons, uh, against the Carolina Panthers. Uh, right now, the spread opened up at minus two and a half for Carolina. I'd love that at the moment. Take the money. Take Carolina by a field goal. They played really well last week against New Orleans, only lost by three. Teddy Bridgewater has a really good understanding of the offense, and then I just don't trust Atlanta. I'm being completely honest. So that would be my Thursday night selection. And Take Carolina minus two and a half. Lock it in. There might there's probably some really good player props in there as well to get your hands on. I would definitely lock that in at two and a half, especially that it is possible that Christian McCaffrey will be making his return, depending on how his yeah, practices go he, this and week. If, and if he does come back, that spread will jump. So hop on that two and a half now. So two and a half. So that's really good, especially for uh, for a home team getting only two and a half at home. So those are my th our Thursday night football picks. Uh, we're going to transition now to a little bit of history that happened this past weekend. We had UFC 254 where Khabib Nurmagomedov won in the second round submission over Justin Gaethje. He went up to 29 and 0. Surprisingly, he also announced his retirement immediately after sending love out to his parents, respecting his, uh, his mother's wishes and saying that he's not going to fight anymore, especially after the loss of his dad due over this quarantine time period while he was training for this Gaethje fight. Uh, the first round opened up really solid. Nurmagomedov actually played, uh, st uh, stood up a lot and boxed with Gaethje for most of that first round. He ended up taking, trying to get that one takedown attempt that didn't end up working. Um, and then second round, uh, Gaethje actually also landed a couple of really good blows in that first round as well. Very even. Nurmagomedov still won that round 10-9. Then going into the second round, uh, Nurmagomedov went for the went for the takedown, got the takedown. He, uh, in his post game, uh, his post uh, match interview, he actually said that um, he was going to go for the arm bar because that's his dad's favorite move. But because Justin's parents weren't uh, were there, he didn't want to embarrass uh, Justin and have him tap or really get severely injured, as they do have the same agent. Um, 
which is kind of unique and interesting. So he's like, yeah, I'm going to go into the, so I went into the triangle and just put him to sleep instead. He was just like, yeah, no, I didn't want to embarrass him in front of his parents. So I just put him to sleep to end the match that way. So it was easy. He had the arm bar locked. Then he did a complete uh, uh, mount into the triangle, triangle over the head, put Gaethje to sleep, ended it roughly within the first minute and a half to two minutes of the second round. 29 and 0. Definitely a all-time great in UFC. There was speculation and argumentation this all so far this week whether or not he was the one of the best pound or the best pound-for-pound pound fighter in UFC. That's still up to for debate. You can debate that all you want. I would preferably go with John Jones myself with how many matches he ended up defending his title belt. I mean, he has had the off out of outside the ring issues, but inside the ring, inside the octagon, he's been absolute beast. Nurmagomedov is definitely there, definitely a top five uh, UFC fighter. I just don't think he's had enough fights in the UFC to warrant the greatest of all time. Pabs, I know you got, I know you caught a glimpse of the the fight as well. What 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 do you think? No, great fight by Khabib. You know, uh, you know, sad to see him go, um, but definitely a lot of talk. Uh, is he the goat of the US, UFC? Like you had mentioned, um, you know, I did do a little research up on that. But John Jones, um, that one loss was a disqualification for an illegal elbow strike. So yeah. you know. When you talk about that one loss, um, you know. It's an asterisk. And, yeah, it's I bet literally you, an asterisk. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, with, with John Jones fans, uh, they put a zero next to that 26. So, you know, um, also defending uh, the title and having the most fight wins in UFC history with the uh, most title fight wins with 14. Um, yes. But also uh, a very notable um, – UFC top five would also be George St. Pierre who retired with 20 wins and just two losses as well. And, and that was the, that was the fight Khabib wanted. If he was going to go for 30 and oh, he wanted St. Pierre in that title and that uh, a title fight, see if he would come out maybe uh, and try and uh, beat him. That was the only fight he was willing to even speculate about doing next, which was a very unique for me. Um, now it's gonna be it's gonna be question. Will Conor McGregor come back down to 155 after fighting at 170 against the uh, Donald Cerrone? He does have that Poirier fight. It's gonna be interesting whether they're gonna fight at 155, 170, and if the UFC actually makes that the interim interim belt championship for, uh, in January that was announced uh, a couple weeks ago. So that'll be interesting, or whether or not they just uh, have Gaethje get the next fight and then the winner of Poirier, uh, McGregor gets to fight Gaethje for the belt. So that's a little unique. Definitely uh, sad to see Khabib go. One of the definitely an all an, an all time great. Argument argumentative whether he's a goat or whether the goat or not, but still hands down one of the best uh, mixed martial artists that we've seen in the game. Uh, and then our last segment that we're going to transition to for today, we have Game Six of the World Series tonight. At first pitch, 8.08 Eastern time on Fox, 5.08 Pacific. Had to get the West Coast uh, time in there because of myself. So I remember to watch it. Um, uh, we have for the Rays, I believe Blake Snell's on the hill for Tampa. After losing game five uh, this past weekend, we're going to recap these past two uh, games because we didn't get to talk about them. 
Game five went to the Dodgers. Game three went to the Dodgers. And game four went to the Rays. Where the Dodgers should have won game four of this series should actually already be over uh, if I was Tampa Bay. But now you get a chance. You get Blake Snell tonight. If you force game seven, you get Charlie Morton tomorrow. And with those two starting pitchers, you you can you have a chance. Undoubtedly have a chance. We'll see how much of a short leash uh, the manager has, especially with um, he made a couple mistakes in the ALCS, taking out his guys too early as soon as there was potential trouble. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, I do want to mention the game four ending just because of how bizarre it was. Uh, I know Paps wanted to address how weird of an ending it was uh, with the base hit and then the center fielder uh, making the error. Then he tried to force the issue, trying to get make a play for uh, – there was runners on first and second. And then Rosarena uh, was rounding third after the error, trying to score. He falls down. And then they try to hit the cutoff, man. There was no communication, which made no sense, especially when with so many limited fans. You guys can talk. You would be able to talk with one another. Hey, he's down. He's down. Don't rush it. Don't rush it. Cutoff man rushes the throw. Catcher is rushing everything. Ends up bobbling the ball. Rosarena ends up getting up and scoring to win the game. Really a bizarre ending. The series has been great, however. Uh, but, Paps, I know you wanted to address a couple of these games this past weekend. And what do, you, what do you got for game six? What do you see? Dodgers closing it out, or do you see game seven tomorrow night? Yeah, for sure. You know, great series all around. Bizarre ending. Um, that last game, like you had mentioned, I just think that that really says how the Dodgers past World Series ha- have gone. You know, nothing has come easy for them. They've – I don't even know how many of World Series have they been – in, in the past five years, um, and in, this is the even playoffs. And, right. And they, you know, both teams looking for a first world series in a very long time. The Rays looking for their first, uh, since not making appearance since 08 against Philly. Um, but you know, I really do like, um, the Dodgers closing this one out tonight, especially with, you know, some notable stats here, 59 runs with two outs at this postseason. Uh, most in the MLB history, 43 runs with two strikes um, this postseason and 62 extra base hits. Just very, very deep in their lineup. Um, you know, and, you know, I, you could expect big things from Mookie Betts tonight. Um, I would say he is um, the best player in baseball right now. Um, you know, people will argue still say it's Mike Trout, but Mike Trout, Still yet to make the playoffs. I know that's, that's 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 out. That's the, that's his issue. That, you don't get to see him. You don't see him in October. That's the issue. You don't see him in October. That's the only exactly. Knock. So you know, Mookie Betts. Uh, you got Bellinger. Uh, let's not forget about Corey Seager, Chris Taylor. Tons tons of guys who are just ripping and you know just clutch clutch hitting. The Rays have hit the ball very well. Um, but they do have some guys who have struggled throughout the postseason. Um, Brendan Lau, who has had a few good games um, this this World Series, but just a awful, awful postseason for a great year that he has had. Uh, I would say he just had um, an awful postseason year-round uh, overall. But I do like uh, the Dodgers closing this one out. Uh, I could see Snell not lasting too, too long in this one. Uh, I think they're going to use all the arms they could get to 
try and force a game seven. Their bullpen's been blowing it for them, though. Their bullpen has been the issue. It's not been their starting pitching other than the game three start by Morton. See, that's what I don't get. You guys have – once it gets to the ALCS, NLCS, World Series, you give the, your starting pitchers such an early hook. And they're the, especially for Tampa, they're the reason you're there. It's your starting pitching. You have three legit number ones in your rotation. Three legit number ones with Glasnow, Snell, and Morton. You have three legit ones, and you still place emphasis on needing to end up doing – Early hooks and it just back it backfired in the Houston series. They, where where they ended up blowing three in a row and had a realistic chance of losing that too in Game Seven. So I don't know. I mean, I've had Tampa winning the World Series in six. I mean, I'm just gonna I'm riding them. I'm gonna have to go Tampa in seven now. I'm riding my I'm riding my pick that I took Tampa to win it all. I'm staying by my word. You can come at me on social media. I don't care. I'm taking him. I think Snell. I think Snell will play well tonight. I just—he only pitched 80. He only had roughly 80 to 88 pitches in the game two start. So I feel like I feel like he's going to be allowed to go at least six. So I think he'll give six or seven innings of solid, solid pitching. And they couldn't hit him in game two. So other than for the what, a couple home runs that happened in the fifth, but. I, the long ball will be the deciding factor of this game. Not a doubt. So I'm gonna take. I'm still gonna take Tampa. I mean, I already got my pick wrong, but Tampa and seven now. Out <laughs> of game. I think. I just think the Dodgers have just been so acute that that pressure of trying to finally close one out where they haven't been able to. It's gonna get to them at some point tonight. I think that'll backfire on him. I think Betts will be a stud tonight. I think X Factor is completely Cody Bellinger. How he plays is – if he plays well, it's over tonight. Or the series is over. Dodgers will win in game six or game seven. He struggles, completely different series. So I think that'll be a unique matchup, the lefty on lefty with Snell and Bellinger. Again, Seager has been very a very hot hitter late, and Betts has just been – He's undoubtedly the second best player in baseball, in my opinion, right behind Trout, where where the argument is made that Betts is in the postseason every year and Scott is not. So that's just my opinion. I got Tampa in seven. Uh, so that wraps us up for uh, our uh, episode of Final Whistle. I want to thank Paps for or Joe Pap and Drea for taking the time to join me as my co-host today. It was a pleasure. Again, watch out for our episode that's going to be debuting t- today. It's going to be the first debut episode on YouTube, our new YouTube channel. I will be posting that on different platforms as well. Um, so look out there. We're trying to expand Final Whistle here. We're trying to make it as best. It's just fun. It's just a fun way to have fun, talk some sports with our buddies. And, again, as always, I'm your host, Blaine Spencer. Uh, Paps, you got any closing remarks? Just uh, appreciate you having me on here, Blaine, uh, and looking forward to jumping back on here soon. Oh, without a doubt. We'll definitely have you back soon. Hey, that's it. I'm your host, Blaine Spencer. Thanks in for, uh, for listening to Final Whistle. Have a great day, everyone.